You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org, or by visiting paypal.me slash sanantoniozen. Thank you for your practice and enjoy the talk. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Zoomers. It's good to see everyone. Um, little late this morning so I was, got here just as you were starting this your ceremony and I was sitting in the other room uh, listening to the chanting and it occurred to me that uh, uh, one of the challenges of this remote practice was that the chanting kind of suffered or maybe not suffered but it was very different from what we uh, the way we would chant pre-pandemic much easier to get all the voices together when you're all in person and it's kind of hard to communicate over the internet tubes in the same way. Um, but what I, uh, I thought about that was the, the chanting practice was explained to me at one point that what we're trying to do the way we the reason for the forum is to have everyone all the multitude of voices chanting the same chant together but you know maybe not everyone can say a complete line without pausing so there's always somebody chanting the chant moves forward maybe one voice drops off momentarily then rejoins but together the whole it's one entire chant and uh, i was able to hear that this morning from the other room and it kind of um, suggests to me as an example of our practice and what I'd like to talk about today, um, which is uh, a chant that we chant, I believe, on Tuesdays in the evening, the Harmony of Difference and Equality, um, the, uh, the Sandokai in Japanese. Um, I, think I think that our chanting practice is an expression of Sambhokai. I can get into that. Um, I want to just brought my, my book as a prop. Um, the branching streams flow in the darkness. And the Suzuki Roshi uh, transcript of lectures that he gave about the Sambhokai. And so some of what I'm going to say is going to be heard from the book. Um, there's uh, uh, Okamura has a, a, a book, Living by Vow, was the title. It also has a chapter on the Sandakai. So you know, I read up on that as well. Um, there are a few differences in the explanation that the two Roshis give <clears throat> about the meaning. Um, 
And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about uh, this particular chant, um, well, there were a couple of reasons. I thought, I'm thinking about what I wanted to say today. I think I, I want to talk about big mind. I want to talk about the mind that includes everything. That was my original thought. Um, and the, the first line is there, I believe, anyway, it's in there, there in the first line of the Sandokha, the mind of the great sage of India. So I'm just going to talk about this really big, big mind idea. Um, but then as I kind of dug into the commentary and the background, it occurred to me that this poem is, is in a way, it kind of about our times as well. And um, in particular, um, the author of this poem, uh, Sekito Isen, um, he is a, uh, he's in the lineage of the sixth ancestor, the Dharma grandson, as you're going to call it. Um, and at that time, there was this big schism in, in Zen between the northern and southern schools. Um, there were more schools than just those two, but that was kind of the headline, you know, northern and southern at odds with each other. Um, and it, the background comes from the Platform Sutra about the whole controversy about the secession, who's going to secede the fifth ancestor. And uh, there was some controversy there about the legitimacy of the transmission from the fifth ancestor to Wenan, who we recognize as the sixth ancestor. The expectation was this other student was going to become the sixth ancestor. And when he didn't get it, there was some hard feelings, um, which led to the split. And so there wasn't. Uh, there wasn't complete agreement about the outcome of this uh, secession. And it occurred to me, it's kind of like we're in the same situation today that we have people in this country anyway that question the outcome of our last election and the secession. And so we have these camps not getting into the merits of the different points of view, but it, it strikes me that we're, we're living in a similar time where there is um, opposition and disagreement. And uh, Sekito wrote this poem in a way, in a way, as I understand it, to kind of reconcile these differences that existed at that time. And um, and it's interesting. I try to think about how we could might reconcile our differences today in a similar way. And so I thought maybe there might be some clues in the Sandakai. Um, I uh, I'm not going to go into the whole poem. I'm just going to concentrate on the title, Sandokai, and the, the first line. So um, Sando Kai, three, three characters, three, three words basically that uh, combined into one. San meaning literally, according to Suki Roshi, means three. 
always interesting because you're always doing things three times. But it also, in the context of the poem, uh, many or things, uh, phenomena. And Do is a oneness, in a sense, the opposite. And Kai is uh, the verb, you know, what the San and Do are doing. And Suzuki Roshi um, talks about how it means literally shaking hands. So it's like the one and the many are shaking hands. Um, you know, Okamura talks about it as a, another meaning of Kai is um, like a tally, like you know, it was a, I guess in Japanese way of doing business, they'll write out a contract, an agreement of who's going to do what on the board, and they break it in half. They give one half to one, the other half to the other, and they go off and they do their thing to fulfill the agreement. When they come together, they put the two uh, halves together, a tally. So that, that's Kai. So it's, um, the title is about uh, manyness, things, the plethora of things in the world and, and the oneness of everything, somehow interacting, somehow together. And um, you know, I, I uh, it strikes me as kind of a transactional thing. It's just like closing the deal in a way. Um, a handshake or fulfilling a promise. Um, but the other understanding I, I, I come away with is that these, there's some kind of, there's something going on between these two, the sun and the dough, you know, what's going on. And trying, I've been spending a number of years trying to figure that out. Um, and I've submit that that's actually kind of our practice, you know, how is it that we reconcile this idea that we are uh, also connected, that there's really no difference between you and me, but at the same time, we need to live in the world as though there's you and there's me. That's how we get along, because we get around anyway. Um, so, that's the title, Sandokai. Um, so that's just interesting. You know, we have in the in our translations, you know, it's a kai comes across or it's translated harmony or merging. And it seems to me that it sort of captures it, but there's really more to it going on than than our translations capture that this um it almost seems to be a kind of will on the part of the many and the one to cooperate. Um, but that's implied in the title. So, um, the first line, the mind of the great sage of India is intimately transmitted from west to east. And the great sage, uh, of India is uh, Buddha. 
but also um, Suzuki Roshi's account. It's the big mind, the mind that includes everything. So it's uh, it's Buddha, but it's also the oneness of everything. It's it's not dough exactly. It's bigger. I kind of take it bigger than dough. It includes dough and it includes song. Almost a transcendent um, idea, and that's um, that's a, my original thought about this talk. That's what brought me to this poem. Was just I wanted to talk about big mind, and uh, it seemed like this was a, a part of the reason for that was that I've been reading about uh, different influences on on our Zen practice, and there are other schools, you know. And one in particular um, that um, my preceptor, Rev Anderson, had written a book about was the Yogacara Mind Only School. And uh, I can't, I'm not sure I can get the name of the sutra, Samdir Nirmana Kaya. Samdir what Colin said. <laughs> it's a mouthful. But in any event, it's a it's a sutra that, that kind of lays out the, my understanding that the Yogacara view of things, the idea that mind only. Um, and, and I was a philosophy major in college. And so to me, the mind only was a, it relates to, I don't know if you're familiar with Barclay, Bishop Barclay was a philosopher we studied in college and perhaps his most famous, I'm not sure you ever actually said this, but it's the whole, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it or see it, does it make a sound? You know, it's the idea that you have to have a, there's a mind that needs to be perceiving in order for something to, to happen, to exist. I'm not sure that that's the Yogacara school. So, you know, don't, but that is my understanding what, when we talk about mind only, big mind, you know, something to think about. Um, but it, my hunch is it's bigger than both Sam and Do to include both. <clears throat> um, and then the uh, the line about intimately communicated or in, intimate transmission from west to east. So this big mind intimately transmitted from west to east. And I'm trying to think about and imagining what that what that's all about. Um, Suzuki Roshi's points out that the, the intimately intimate transmission of mitsuni, mitsuni, a Japanese word, means um, no gap between the two. So again, it's, it's quite different from what the words we use and we chant. So it seems like there's more to it than just an intimate transmission. Um, 
in a way it's kind of literally i think we're referred back to the title of sandokai and it's emerging the oneness including everything that even the concept that everything is one um so i uh Thinking about this line, there's, you know, there's this kind of this profound idea of what Buddha's mind kind of moving from west to east. And you know, I'm kind of literal minded, so you know, I kind of see it as yeah, Buddha came from India, he went to China, so literally, literally moving from what China, uh, India being somewhat west of points of China, he went to, he's going east to China. And, and Buddhism was established there in China, and then went a little further east to Japan. Um, and I guess Dogen kind of backtracked a little bit. He went from Japan back to China, but then he went back to Japan, and was, was you know kind of our founder, founding philosopher and teacher. And from Japan comes to California through Suzuki Roshi. And, from San Francisco, it um, came to Chicago, came to San Antonio, came to New York. And Baker Roshi established a Sangha in Germany, so marching east, right? So, in a way, it's a literal, I, I take it as a literal um, kind of history of our. Of our sangha, you know, we are we're here as the as the mind of the great sage reached San Antonio, and we're manifesting that here today. And um, you know, I'm very very grateful for the practice because it's uh, when it reached me finally, it was at a time when I um, really needed to have this practice even though I'd been exposed to it before, I actually started it practicing in seriousness. Um, it was, when I was ready, it was there for me. So, um, and I think the other thing that's kind of literal about the Sandokai and and as it relates to our times is the, uh, I alluded to this earlier about you know, the, the conflicts that we, we have in our society today, um, the pol polarization and, um, and I don't know about you all, but I, you know, I have a great deal of difficulty seeing past where we are today, how are we going to come together? and get beyond um, the opposition, the conflicts that we have. And how can we understand it as just opposite sides of the coin? Because I think that's what the Samukha tells us is that even if you believe, let's say, abortion is murder, or you believe that a woman should have autonomy in her body over what happens to her body. But those two things, views 
same side or a different side of the same coin. You know, I, I have a hard time seeing that, to be honest. I mean, it's hard to see because it seems so, so black and white, but I guess that's the point. Um, so how do we work through, um, how do we work through those differences and how do we, you know, live our lives in a way that um, really recognizes that uh, opposing points of view and our points of view are the same. I, I don't really have an answer. I think it's uh, it's a practice, and I find that quite again being quite literal minded about these things that when I sit and I allow my mind to kind of go through the different stages of anger and grief and say, how do people do this? Um, in the process of trying to take on or understand the opposing point of view, it's kind of, it's all there, right? Kind of like in a, a small scale, big mind, a small big mind going on inside while you're sitting outside. It can all, it can all happen within your consciousness and get worked out um, and really no harm done, right? You know, how much damage can you do sitting on a cushion facing the wall? And I find that uh, it's helped me in dealing with, uh, dealing with these times where it's like I have a hard time accepting example that uh, our Supreme Court is going to overturn uh, a decision of 50 years, Roe versus Wade, and the way it's apparently being overturned. It's like, I, you know, I can't accept that. I don't, I have a hard time with that. So I sit with it, but I guess uh, stay tuned. We'll see how that all turns out, right? Um, So I, uh, I think that the Sandokai is um, pivotal to our, our practice and our understanding of reality. Um, and I find great comfort in just chanting those words. Is one of probably my favorite of the, the poems we chant. And I think that um, it's something that I didn't until it really today, when I, I was thinking about well, what I was going to say. I really noticed all the, the things that were contained and just keep the words, just the first few words. I think that everything and the rest of the poem is contained in the title and the first line. And I also think that, you know, my practice is very much bound up in this idea that of um, big mind and trying to, to, in my own mind, have that be an expression and, and contain everything and allow everything to be present. 
and do whatever it's doing in this in this uh, this world as I see it. Um, so somebody asked me a couple of days ago if I believed in God. But do you really believe in God? And, and that's a hard question. You know, when I've been coming here for a while, I, I've noticed that we don't say God very often here. And we don't chant God. Um, we do say Buddha a lot. Does Buddha God? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but what I was, what I feel I am able to say in response to the question, and, you know, and we also chant this and other chants about the, about faith, about having faith. And so what do we have faith in? I, I feel like I have faith in the practice that we have, that I have and we have. Um, and maybe it's not directed towards God, you know, as maybe others would understand that word, or Buddha. But it's definitely a practice, it's something we, you know, I, I return to. Um, and that that's what I believe in. I believe that continuing this practice is, is good. And it's uh, it's an, a way to express the truth of the Sandokai that I can get to almost an understanding of that how everything is really connected. And then the bell rings and I sit up and I, you know, that all goes away and we're back in the in the in the world is the troublesome world that we, we tried to navigate. So I think that's all I have right now. I mean, I'll I talk some more, but I think maybe some of you have some questions or uh, chant a chant or sing a song. Mm -hmm.